All right. Yes, Ron. Cool. I'm gonna turn on the light. Okay. You don't want to do this in ambiance? It's not so much the ambiance as it is a cave. <laughs> Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast that lets you poop with a view. Also, that might kill you. <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's up? Have you pooped with a view? No, but I did walk in my apartment last night, coming home from my second holiday party of the night, <laughs> to step in a turd that my cat left directly in front of the front door, which is something they have never done before. Oh, no. But I've been extremely busy this week, and I think they were mad at me. Yeah. So, if you were following us and you noticed that we didn't have an episode Thursday, it's a busy time for us at the moment. I, I mean, you're... You look dead. You look so dead I have right 1% battery. <laughs> so we're, we're planning two this week. It might be one. We're, we're deciding after this episode. I think, I think we can manage to. Okay. We'll I'm see. deciding right now. <laughs> yeah, no. We'll see what happens. Damper expectations. It's one until you surprise it's two. I, to steal a motto from another podcast I really like, we promise nothing and deliver less. Yay! <laughs> Well, tell me about you. You've been you've been busy. You've been yeah. No. It. So the 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 biggest thing I want to bring up, Stephen. What are your symptoms when you get hungover? What are my symptoms? Yes. Uh, I usually have like a really sore throat. I mm. usually just like a, a rumbly stomach. Like food just doesn't sound good to me. But I haven't I haven't been that hungover often. Well, we'll fix that. But we had our work holiday party last night, the first of two holiday parties I went to, and everything's on the corporate card, because it's, you know, the corporate holiday party. So we got swasted, and it was great, but I I wish I had those symptoms. Like, I, I love food. I mostly feel fine the next morning, but the biggest problem is I get hangxiety. Do you know what that is? No, talk to me about that. That's new to me. It's the anxiety the morning after you get drunk of like, oh my God, did I say or do something stupid? Like you remember the whole night, but you're still like, oh, my inhibitions were low and I'm (laughs) a monster. (laughs) What did I do? See, I also had a a corporate Christmas party, a holiday party. Either way, it was, there was an open bar, but the pressure felt much more on me to be like, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. I wasn't feeling well mm. prior to starting, so I only had maybe a quarter to a half of my drink. But still, I don't think that I would have gone too far because I would be afraid that the, the expectations are very high for corporate community, corporate... Uh, America? Yeah, sure, whatever. <laughs> Just that everyone in the job is great. Everyone is super cool. They have they have the family motto, the family mentality. Gross. I, it's only gross when it's used against you. Sure, when it's like, no, you just do extra. We're a family. Yeah, that's okay. that's gross. We don't like that. But if it's like, no, 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 we'll take care of you. Like, you're we're family. Like, that's different. We're a family. Fuck you. I hate my family. <laughs> no, I don't. I love my family. But <laughs> oh boy. No, yeah, I think. Over the course of... We went to a place called Lucky Strike, which is... I've never been... It's okay. Okay. I've been there on a date, and I've been there now for the holiday party, and it's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, their their amenities are, are nice enough, and the food is good. Sure. And the arcade is fun. They okay. have a pretty decent arcade, weirdly enough. But the bowling is just okay. I just don't like bowling that much in general, mm-hmm. but it's way too... I don't know. Bowling doesn't it seems like the fourth most important thing that's going on, and you're like, you're a bowling alley. I don't <laughs> understand what what this is. See, that's where I think there it is. We found where the the line is. Where Lucky Strike is, it's like a fun arcadey, like hang out with your friends kind of a place. Yeah. Ours was at like a ballroom on ah on okay. the river, catered food. It it was yes, it was very classy. No, we just had, like, a waitress that would come around, con- was constantly, would just 
take drink orders. And originally I just wanted whiskey rocks because that's my go-to drink. Yep. And she was like, no, like it was put in that you guys can't do shots or straight liquor. Sure. I was like, that makes sense. That's a pretty corporate thing to do. Right. Which is, I, I get it for the shots. For the straight liquor, I was like, can't you just make give me the same amount of whiskey that would be in a whiskey diet Coke mm-hmm. and get rid of the Coke because I like the taste... Can I get the Coke on the side? <laughs> when I worked on a ship and they had the same rule, like you can't do shots, you have to do, it has to be mixed in. Yeah. And people got real creative with how it, how they would make it work. I don't know because I never pushed, I didn't really drink much on the ship because I had to sing. You're also not one to push the rules. I don't, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. But I am. So I started ordering old fashions. Ah! <laughs> I was like, can you do cocktails? And she was like, yeah, no, cocktails are fine. I was like, okay, cool. I'm old fashioned, which is just straight whiskey, ice, and like bitters. cherry and yeah. bitters. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Jared, breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking, breaking the, the law. law. <laughs> Speaking of breaking the law, emails. If you have an email, if you want to confess your crimes <laughs> in our email box. Yeah. D- I mean, do it. I will probably forward it to the appropriate resource depending on the crime fucking narc well okay like i said depending on the crime sure. if it's murder I'm, I'm gonna forward that on if it's oh i had petty drug crimes i don't give a shit do you do your drugs email remember it is the official stance of the survivor turning back time podcast that we do support drugs in the war on drugs <laughs> i'm gonna let jared take that stance i well okay i guess taking the other side would mean i support the like Nixon government, and I don't think I want that either. I'm just gonna let you keep going. Cool. That's all right. Drugs it is. <laughs> oh, emails. We got emails from our big three: Josh, Tyler, Carl. What do we call them? The three amigos? No. Oh, yeah, well, I guess that's what. Sorry, we also got a Reddit, mm. a Reddit message that calls them the three amigos. So we're going with the three amigos. Okay, I think it, it was. It definitely was the three something with a T, though. The trifecta. Triple triad. That wasn't it. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The three cool... Cut all, cut all that out. Cool ass people. <laughs> so, Josh sent us an email over the last couple weeks. I don't remember exactly when this was. December 12th, we got the email. There was an event called the Hearts of Reality, where reality stars come together and they... It's almost like a fundraiser, but it's a big ass party, too. Oh, okay. So, you had people from... All different seasons of Survivor coming together and like intermingling in ways you're like, oh, that's so weird. You've in my brain you've never met because of course mm-hmm. that's that's not a thing. So we got some fun pictures of with Jerry and Tina. I saw the Jerry and Tina one floating around somewhere. Oh, okay, yeah, just like cool, cool photos. I we also got a video that I can't show you. It's of Carl. Carl, Dr. Carl. Oh, okay. I was yes. like, Carl, was that the party? No, not not that Carl. So I'm gonna I'm gonna play a little bit, but you can't look at the screen. Okay. Okay, so to break that down, because we won't play all that audio, there was we listened to Dr. Carl talk about the hearts of reality, where it's just cool that everyone's together and you see people from old school survivor, new school survivor, all in one place doing doing fun things. Uh, but also his wife is starring in a Orlando Housewives. Yeah. Yeah. And then he tries to spin it as, no, 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 it's empowering women. Maybe. I don't know. I haven't watched Orlando Housewives, but my mom (laughs) watches a lot of those Housewives shows, and no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) There, okay, so there are those all over the place of just, hey, here's the location, housewives. There's also sports housewives, like real NFL housewives. See, that would be more interesting because I imagine it's a lot of like travel and team drama, especially if it's not like the wives of like the superstars, but the yeah. wives of like, you know, bottom of the roster types of guys. That mm-hmm. could be actually pretty cool. Yeah. See, I never watched them, but there was one season of real NFL housewives where they did the... Dallas Cowboys, mm. and the punter at the time was married to someone from my high school, so the the money was donated to the high school. I think mm. they got us new hurdles for the the track or something, which was really really awesome. I didn't watch it. I'm sure it was probably garbage television. Probably. But, oh well. 
So yes, thank you, Josh, for all of those cool emails, the nice intro on Hearts of Reality. We have Tyler. Tyler <laughs> understands why they changed the tiebreaker rules. So do we. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the aspect of the previous votes rule that it makes every single vote count. And it makes where people have to be careful and can't just throw their votes away willy-nilly. And people have to be more careful about drawing votes onto themselves it's also amusing to see people get pissed when they get votes when they that were expecting true. to, which we do see in this episode. Yes, and I think in theory it's a cool way of doing the tiebreaker, but the problem is is that it becomes that becomes the focus, especially with the tribes as gridlocked as they have been mm-hmm. so far in the show. That the whole focus in seasons two and three of the merge is okay. We got to find out who has votes on them, or we have to hide who has votes on them, and. I don't know. It just it it feels like a very important thing. Like who's going to have the balance of power post them past the merge mm-hmm. for something that is a little more unpredictable and hard to plan around. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I think really what mixes it up more and makes it interesting is the three tribes. Mm. Or well, the the merge swap helps, but I think the three yeah. tribes forcing them to intermingle more. And you can't just rely on one tribe. You have to negotiate with other tribes. Otherwise, yes. you're you're wiped out. I expected to like two tribes more than three. And now I understand why they do three. Yeah. 100%. It breaks up the gridlock. <laughs> and if you had that, and then you had votes be the tiebreaker, then, okay, that might work. But I think I like the idea of... I really like the rock system. As it is. Yeah. Um, it comes up in 42, and it makes for interesting negotiations, and people I really like it. People don't want to go to rocks. No, and they... flipping it so that the only two people that are safe are the people that were on the chopping block puts skin in the game for everyone. Yeah. That's part of the problem with the tie votes as well, going to trivia, is that you're only skin in the game that makes you want to... Like, there's nothing to incentivize you to swap sides and mm-hmm. vote for the person if it comes to a tie the first time. Mm-hmm. Unless you're Kelly in season one, <laughs> for some reason, because fuck you, Sue, I guess. But having that incentive of like, oh crap, if we can't flip somebody, or if you know, if I don't flip, then like any one of us could go home. Oh, mm. so good. Peace to resistance. And then Tyler goes on to explain why Survivor UK that first season bombed, and I'm not going to read out all of it, but I just wanted to acknowledge that yes, it's there. Thank you for doing that, and I read it. I appreciate that. Just in case someone wants to go in and watch that. I don't want to spoil it. Mm. But really, I I agree. I think like it's, it's a nice breakdown of why it doesn't work. And we hope that the revitalization does work. Maybe we try it again post-2001. I don't know. There are things we should leave back in 2001, but survivors don't have to be one of them. <laughs> and then one last thing. I second the notion that Silas route is better for the reasons stated in this episode. Especially since, unfortunately, Scoopin does come back in 25, so we have yeah. to deal with this again when we eventually get there. It's a good point. Also, I, I've, I've talked about it with a couple other people, and we have, we have mixed results. I think what I will say at the top of the episode, or top of the season, is someone has something. That's a good, that's a good idea. Then I can be like, okay, the trigger warning is out there. <sighs> Comes into a where's Waldo who's the sex criminal. I know. <laughs> And that we, you know, and if you want to skip the season, fine, we get it. But it, it does leave the reveal a little like, oh. And that doesn't color our opinions. Yes, yeah, it doesn't color your opinions of the characters as they're there. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know. How do you feel about that? No, I think I like that. And I think my, I, I mentioned a fear of like, oh no, it's going to eventually be somebody that we really like mm-hmm. that then has horrible sex crimes. But... That's also kind of life. <laughs> True. Like, there are, are people that, you know, whether you know them personally or, you know, you love them through me too or before me too, then you find out some shit about them and you have to change your opinion. Yeah. So, it, the difference is ours were just recorded. Yeah. <laughs> ours are recorded forever. No, that's not true. If you go back and listen to any of our old episodes... Don't. We're, we're, no, don't say that. We're going to have episodes where we're just wrong. Jared especially. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
But I mean, my opinions aren't aren't always solid either. I'm gonna have opinions where I'm like, oh, that didn't age well. Oh well. Oh, the bad takes are load bearing. <laughs> That's what the show's about, Jared. Bad takes. And finally, Carl. Carl. Hell yeah, Nathan, for you is a gem. The gas rebate episode is one of my favorite 20 minutes of television. So good. It's so good. Yeah, here we have a talk about why Jeff is being coy with the timing of the merge. It's confusing. Yeah. It's because if there was actually a later merge, then it seems like they would have gotten a heads up, or they should have gotten a heads up So for food rationing, right? Yeah. That makes more sense. I... I... I'm glad they merged this episode, and I hope that this is just setting the precedent that in the future they won't tell them the exact date of the merge. Mm. And give give them enough food. I don't really understand why they need to do a pre-merge and post-merge food dump. Like, give them enough food for their tribe through the entire time, and then it doesn't matter when you merge. You're rationing for 39 days. Mm-hmm. And each tribe is doing that, so when they merge, they bring their food resources together, and you're good. And actually, that could create some drama, too, of, yeah. wait, you guys didn't ration very well. I mean, I think that's what it was earlier, and I think that's why they do that, is to say, okay, here's your food for this long, here's your food for this long. It creates less of a problem where if they give them all their food, and then suddenly they use it all pre-merge, then yeah. the other team is screwed, too. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I don't know. Th- th- thoughts Clarence could be that guy who dresses up in a suit and makes YouTube reviews uh, reviewing fast food restaurants except he could do it shirtless yes <laughs> I would watch hours of that content I just think of the guy who sits in his car uh, they did the like uh, songify version of the damn 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 yep it's been a long time since I've seen that good stuff reading a Lindsay interview and apparently when she needed the IV in episode three, her kidneys were going into failure mode from dehydration. Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is exactly what is said in the email. <laughs> and they let her keep playing. Yeah. Kidneys were going into failure and they're like, ah, no long-term consequences. Just pump some water in there. You'll be good. Yeah. I mean, I guess from dehydration. No, I'm not, not a doctor. Me. That sounds very bad, I'm not, but I'm not a doctor, so maybe it was fine. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's just an, a, an interesting little tidbit there that, yes, the, people could have died here. Yeah, this is also the era of, you know, a football player gets takes a massive hit to the head and it's, ah, I rung his bell, get back out there. So, <laughs> yeah, maybe medical professionals were not always <laughs> the best about long-term uh, risk assessment. Yeah. And then one last one from, from Carl. wonder if Jared would be surprised to know that Lindy was reviled by the public when Africa aired. Like, one step below Jerry despised. That is shocking. I, I can see her being, like, unliked, but reviled... <laughs> An emotional young woman reviled, <laughs> but when she gets put in the spotlight, shocking. Yeah. Who would have thought? Yeah. People did not like the, the younger crew on the Simburu tribe, but and she was the loudest and most outspoken of them, so she was kind of the face of the alliance in the public eye. But I feel like that keeps, it keeps shifting depending on who gets voted out. True. And uh, I'll have some comments about that in this episode. Oh, no. <laughs> and then one one last one I want to bring up. Just Credible on Reddit messaged me a couple times and was more in favor of the air up up front. So that's why I kind of want to mix the two compromise, together. Compromise, yeah. Yeah, compromise. Very, very thankful for what we're doing and had some interesting commentary, things that I haven't thought of before. Is not from the U.S., so therefore mm. has to wait and, and get like DVD versions of the show whoa yeah for you listening that that sent this comment in what was their name again just credible just credible there are ways to watch it online where you don't need to purchase physical dvds just just incredible in involving a vpn to maybe change your regionality on paramount plus so i yes when i was doing like working on ships you would be i would be in different countries at different Mm -hmm. times and i did have issues i can't remember if it was paramount plus or not some streaming sites do not let you use it if it can detect that there is a... A VPN? Is a VPN active. Wild. I know. I didn't realize that was a thing they could stop. And it, it, it's really dependent on the VPN, because obviously sure. they can't 
they can't go and say, oh, this is clearly a VPN if it's like super, a, a tiny company that nobody knows, sure. but also who knows your data might not be secure if it's a tiny company. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, I hope the DVD thing is working out for you. And if not, yeah. you can always sail the high seas. <laughs> that is the thing. You can talk to Jared about that. We're currently waiting for season four to come on DVD from eBay. And in this country only has season 31 plus on Paramount Plus. Okay. So okay. hopefully that's weird. Eventually they just release those. Yeah. I don't know why that would be, unless it aired on a different channel there. So then and they don't have the rights or something. They don't have the rights. Yeah. yeah. Things that I didn't think of. If things come up on the DVD special features, they will pass it along. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. That's stuff that we don't watch because we don't have the DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Cool. We've <laughs> we've gone through a lot of time in these emails. I know. Shall we move it forward? Yes. And thank you to our lovely community. Yes. Thank you. And thank you to my favorite thing, the bumper. All right. So this episode came out on November 22nd, 2001. And for the first time this season, the world was not exploding between episodes of Survivor. Oh, good. Only really one thing of note happened across like world history, culture, things like that, that Josh Groban released his debut album, Josh Groban, in this week. Didn't realize his debut album was self-titled. But sure, a lot sure. of a lot of artists are. I guess there was a second one. George W. Bush named the Justice Center after RFK, who would have it would have been like his seventy sixth birthday or something like that. Sorry, remind me who R. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy. Right. Yeah. Okay. Number one song in the U.S. was still "Family Affair," but as we talked about last episode, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone came out, or the Philosopher's Stone, if you speak in metric. <laughs> uh, came out. So that topped the charts by a lot. Monsters Inc. coming in at three, and one I had never heard of called Spy Game coming in at number two. Ooh. I've heard the title, but it could just be that it's generic enough that I don't I don't know what it is. Yeah, it's it's like a seven out of ten on IMDB and like a sixty-five percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Nothing okay. crazy. Yeah. It seems like your standard action film about a CIA agent. And it's not Hot garbage, so it's not fun to talk about. Yeah, Robert Redford. All right, all right. That was what happened between episodes of Survivor. While I have a stroke on Mike. Yeah, that's how we do it, baby. <sighs> so we get in episode seven. Will there be a feast tonight? Will there? Yes, of course there will. <laughs> so we talk about the fallout from the Lindsay vote. We do, which I anticipated at the end of last episode. Mm -hmm. So. We had different opinions on this, about what Brandon's reactions oh, meant. you read my notes here? Oh, no. I have my own note. Oh, go on. D tell me your note. That he is pissed and so glad that she's gone, which is wild. I get it. But he's like, oh my god, I'm so sick of babysitting her. <laughs> but, like, is he delusional? I, I get it. Like, hey, if this person was a lot to take care of, but also, that person was your ticket to a million dollars. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... I think people contain multitudes, and I think that the his, the immediate reaction of I'm pissed at her because she considered voting me off sure. and stabbing me in the back, and the last few days have been a mess, and I'm just glad that that is over. Fair. Like, I might be screwed, but I don't have to deal with that stress anymore. Mm -hmm. I feel like just this whole episode... Brandon's all over the place. Yeah. He emotionally, like he's he, he's just feeling a lot of things. And I feel like there's no real strategy involved. It's just uh I don't know what strategy he can have. Yeah. This is fair. part of the problem is he got dealt a pretty shitty hand. Mm -hmm. Now he didn't play his shitty dealt hand that well either. Aligning with Silas and Lindsay. Yeah. <laughs> Not a very good judge of character in that. But at this point in early Survivor, what do you do? I mean, you kind of have to keep your head down and just hope for some phrase among people that you can jump in on. Yeah, and that's kind of what he's trying to do. Is He he's, goes in and he's trying to put some distance between himself and young Kim. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. Do, do your best. I wish I had quotes there, but I have a different quote 
Is it nervous as a whore in church? You know it is. <laughs> Tom had some quotes in this episode. He sure did. Nervous as a whore in church. Oh boy. Listen, I, this isn't a podcast about the hypocrisy of evangelical Christianity. I'll make that podcast separately. Okay. You yeah. But it's it's also a, like it's a funny saying. Whatever. It's Tom being Tom. But also like Mary Magdalene was literally a prostitute and like one of the people that in the Bible Jesus was closest to. So you really shouldn't be nervous as a whore in church. Not only is it silly Jared, and over the top, it's also contradictory. Jared, how dare you bring logic into this? I know. We don't do that here. Not with our old-timey euphemisms. <laughs> and I have heard that one before, so at least it's more... It, he's not coming up with that off the top oh, of his head. Oh, no. Which, thank God... Yikes. And then we get into my favorite part of the episode, pooping with the elephants. Pooping with the elephants! <laughs> Clarence, after eating his chicken, had a very upset stomach. <laughs> he didn't feel so good, which was me yesterday. <laughs> anyway, he goes out, he wanders out, he, he drags the, the branch out of the way so he can get out of the... The hole in the African desert. In the fence. Yeah. In the literal fence they have to construct to not die. And then he goes off. He's, he starts squatting. He's doing his poop. And then just off in the distance, a little too close for comfort, there's some elephants just hanging out. Insane. Yeah. What, where did they put the Baron camp? Where did they put it that they are constantly in the... Traffic patterns of all of these animals. Yeah. I honestly think it's it's that watering hole. It's, it's It has to be. It's so close. It, it's much nicer than the other one, so I think it attracts all the animals. Wild. Yeah. I understand why they wanted to live at the brand camp. That is the obvious answer. It's the better answer. Holy crap. Every episode has some type of like animal drama where it's like, they're getting a little close. <laughs> and then we also have a great, great little moment where Frank... He's not a real human. No. He, again, and I have gone to bat for Frank before. He, he's very much a loner, and we see it in this episode. But he's asking, we're talking about breakfast, and we're talking about lunch, and we talk about brunch. Frank doesn't know what brunch is. And it takes a painfully long time to explain <laughs> it to him. Like, he can't grasp the concept of the word breakfast yeah. and the word lunch being together brunch and being between those meals. Yeah. So we go through a very lengthy explanation of what this is. And he's asking questions. It's like, okay, so it's, it's a combination of breakfast and lunch. And we have it all settled. It's great. And then to tag that, that scene, he asks, so when is it served? I wonder, Frank... <laughs> When would a combination of breakfast and lunch be served? Frank is a great example of somebody with, like, a lot of book smarts mm -hmm. and, like, good intuition, yeah. it seems. Like, when he was fucking with the elephant and all that in another episode with the, like, waving his arm. like That was this episode. That was this episode. Yeah. Okay. He seems to have, like, this is the right season for Frank. This is not the right season for Survivor, and Frank is not the right person for Survivor as it evolves, mm -hmm. but this is a good casting for the time and place. Sure. I think he fits the survivalist mentality really well. Yes. He does not fit the reality TV show mentality at all. And that's making me making him grow on me even more. Yeah. It's very charming. Yeah. Like, hey, we love weirdos and oddballs here. I'm all for it. Yeah. Like, put them in there. You're not going to do well in this game, but I love it. Well, speaking of weirdos and oddballs... Let's shift our attention over to Lex. Oh, yeah. Lex. I don't know what's going on with Lex here. Lex makes the uber spoon. The ultimate spoon. And what's the reason we talked about this? Kelly. Kelly is all up in arms about Lex. About how he's weird. How he's politicking too hard. And you know what's my favorite part of this? Mm -hmm. It seems like she will do something about it. Ooh, we heard on. in season one... People be like, I don't like this person. I don't like this person. And even sometimes in season two. And the only person that really ended up with the, con like, having consequences of those actions was Jerry and, to a lesser extent, Keith. But Keith still made the final three, so I don't know if I really count that. Sure. People not liking them and them going home because of it. But Kelly 
seems like someone who will stab who will front stab Lex. <laughs> and I'm here for that. <laughs> Just right right in the stabbing. And I like Lex. I also really like Kelly. But Lex's eyes this episode freaked me out. Like he was his his eyes always seemed like they were bulging out of his head like he took methamphetamines between these episodes. Whenever you get that. Maybe it's in the elephant poop. That could probably be hallucinogenic. <laughs> Yeah, do you have anything else about that scene? It's No, I do like his, like, I, I like his weird dad energy, his, like, punk dad energy, but he is starting to stoke, like, a little bit of weirdness from me. Like, I'm starting to get, like, a little bit of weird vibes <laughs> the longer the camera's on him, and I'm like, huh. <laughs> Maybe I should be a little nervous about you in the game and also the where are they now. Hmm. Could be fun. And we have a Tom dance. Tom, Tom Tom's dancing. He's feeling pretty good about himself. So he's, I don't know. Do you remember what this dance is? No, I don't either. It, it happened just a little bit ago. Tom uh, is the the B plot of every episode. Tom is the B plot of every episode. He's not going to win, but while he's here, he's entertaining and also cringy. Yeah. Then we get our immunity mail. We're just jumping straight into immunity mail. Yep. So I kind of like the. The note for this one, the the mail, because it, it was just a bottle, and you had to like read through the bottle. I don't know. It's like a cute little kids experiment. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It felt like something coming like a science kit. Yeah, but it did make them think like, okay, wait, is this is this reward mail? Is this merge mail? Is this an immunity challenge? We're just going right into this. And it's the writing makes it pretty clear to me, at least, that it's an immunity challenge. Yeah, and it. It is. I would say from the watcher, it's probably much easier to say. They've been dragged around with this, is it a merge, isn't it a merge, That's for true. a long time. Thanks, Jeff. And then we get there, and it is a merge, and the pomp and circumstance of the merge is dead. It, there's, it's the most understated merge of all of Survivor. Think about season one. Uh-huh. We sent ambassadors to an island yep. to figure out your new name, where you'd live, and paint a tribe flag and like with a whole feast and wine and they stayed there overnight and Sean tried to be weird about it. Now it's just, all right, you guys are merged. Yeah. Uh, which camp you want to live in? Just by a show of hands. Yeah. Like, e Insane. E even now when you know it's coming, Jeff has the pomp and circumstance of drop your buffs. Yeah. Like it was nothing. It was like, yeah, take off your buffs. You're merged. <laughs> cool. Like, it had it had the energy of like a Vegas preacher that like buries people in the chapel. Like, all right, cool, you're married. Next, yeah, let's, let's, uh, on to the next one. Maybe they're filming two seasons in a row. It's got to get to the other filming. Oh yeah, that happens in the Jordanian desert. <laughs> yeah, but doesn't. <laughs> so they are the tribe with no name. They don't have a name yet. They're just merged. But they're green. But they're green. They're green. So then we get into the challenge. I do like that color. It's it's a nice one, especially up against all the the browns of Africa. Yeah, I think it pops pops real well. Anyway, they get to the the arm bucket challenge, not the ice bucket challenge. <laughs> they have to stand on a log, which is a very important piece to this. They have to stand on the log, one arm up in the air, and I'm I'm assuming they can pick which arm they want. I would hope so. Yeah, and then that arm is attached to a chain, which is attached to a bucket. And if they move it too much or, like, pull their hand down, then the bucket falls and drenches them in water. So, Jared, what you, would you think of this challenge? I love this challenge. Yeah? This is the type of endurance challenge I do like. Where there's actually... It is mind over matter. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, it's uncomfortable. It's not just a strength-based challenge, as we can see by who wins it. Yeah. And... It's, it's literally a who wants it more challenge that's actually difficult instead of the Australia version where it's like, stand on this very wide pole until you get so cold that we have to bring you in on a boat. Yeah. It's it's far better, and this isn't going to be the last time you see this challenge. Oh, of course or at not. least a variation of this challenge. One thing I was confused about watching it, so they're able to move a little bit because mm -hmm. their their wrist is, is hooked up to a... Like something it's that's like chain link. Yeah, but that, that that's like loosely around the rope, so they can move their arm a little bit. Uh -huh. But there are some people like Kelly that I didn't see her move at all, 
and suddenly the bucket was over. Mm-hmm. And there's other people are like turning and talking, and they're like their wrist is like moving like several inches up or down. Yeah. And I was like, how is that not okay? <laughs> Interesting. So here's what I want to say. I think in in later challenges or later Survivor seasons, they have challenges like this where, depending on how tall you are, it may disproportionately affect this challenge for you. Mm. So. In this situation, a shorter person would have less slack on the chain, and therefore a, a movement would like pull it down faster. That's a good point. That's assuming that they didn't calculate for that, and I don't think they did. I would be surprised if they did. Yeah. With like the, how little thought goes into some of these challenges. Mm-hmm. With that being said, this is still my favorite challenge of the season. Oh, yeah. Bar none. This is like... There's a power gap between this challenge and every other challenge of yeah, the season so far. By far. And it, it's just fun. And a couple highlights from this one. Why why was Jeff so in their face at the start of this challenge? Like, usually he comments from afar. And he's like, yeah, it's getting real tough, isn't it? But this time he was, like, walking around and, like, in their face saying, I bet you're feeling it now, aren't you, Kelly? Huh. I, I do like this as the as the precursor to Jeff starting to talk during challenges. Yeah. Although now I'm, like, used to it. I'm just used to only hearing <laughs> the audio of, like, the people and some music. The music in season one was weird, and I think didn't help that. But, yeah, it was getting, like, really weirdly close, like, whispering in their ears. Yeah. Sweet nothings, Mr. Jeff. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't like that. <laughs> so Kelly was the first out. Old Kim soon follows. And they have a conversation off to the side yeah. about how Frank hates women. I didn't even catch that. I was I was catching that they were strategizing. I didn't remember that part of the conversation. Yeah, they're like, I want Frank gone. He doesn't think that a woman should win this. He he hates women. And I'm like, um, okay. Is that true? Because I don't think we've seen that thus far this season. I am more likely... To believe the women that sure. show. Absolutely. <laughs> the women that are talking about this. And I I like I wouldn't be surprised to learn that Frank like has some misogynistic tendencies uh-huh. or doesn't like give them the same level of respect. Yeah. Hate might be a strong word. Why why are we why aren't we seeing this? It's a good question. And again, we we struggle with this in the past of yeah. I don't know, like it could have happened and the cameras just weren't there to catch it. It seems, from what I have seen of Frank, it seems like it'd be more like micro stuff. Yeah. Like it's more not. Microaggression. Well, yeah. It, it, a lot more of just like, you know, not including them on certain chores. Sure. Or I'm just making up examples or like, you know, or maybe he's outright said that like Colby should have won season two mm-hmm. or stuff like that. That uh-huh. ran, that rubbed them the wrong way. But yeah. it's interesting. And it's interesting because. Frank feels like a member of Boron at this point. Yeah. Even though he was a member of Samburu. Yeah. So it feels like them turning on one of their own, even though it's not one of their own. All speculation, because we don't see anything, Survivor. And then two more highlights. We bring out food temptations. Mm -hmm. Food temptations, the first one, a burger. The second one, a pizza, which Clarence specifically says, if they bring out a pizza, I'm done. I'm done. And then doesn't take it. Good for him. Yeah. And then finally, chicken, corn, beer, and our good old sponsor, Mountain Dew. Mountain Dew. Mm. Nothing goes, nothing better together than Mountain Dew and beer. The Survivor Turning Back Time podcast is not yet sponsored by Mountain Dew. But hopefully we'll be sponsored by Malort. <laughs> anyway. The- Brandon just gives up. Like, I think that he probably was at his breaking point, mm-hmm. but it's so funny that like when other people... like. Step down, it's like, oh, dang it. And Brand's like, ah, oh, fuck it. No. And just walks off. I ain't gonna win this. He's wasted potential to me. It's so sad. I I think on another season, he could be really interesting. Yeah. But he has no power, and so there's nothing for him to do. There's something to be said about conserving your energy in a challenge that you know you're not gonna win. And prob- know you're probably not going home from. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too. If you... If he felt like his back was up against the wall, maybe he would have gone a little further. Yeah. I don't know. 
And then the final note that I want to talk about. Teresa sings tomorrow at the top of her lungs. Tomorrow from the musical Annie. She's so tone deaf. She's very tone deaf. But why that song? It's a good question. For anyone not in the theater community, it's one of the most annoying songs. Like, it's the... Everyone has songs that they're like, do not sing this in an audition. Just don't do it. That is by far the most universally panned song by anyone over the age of 12. Unless she was weaponizing annoyance to try to get people to step down. Yeah. I, that's the only thing I can think of. Because why would you pick that song? Why are you so tone deaf? Why are you singing so loud? Why? Playing mind games out here. Yeah. So we get down to the final two. Clarence and Teresa. or the, Not the two that you expect. No, I, Clarence was one I expected. Sure. He's very strong and he has his back up against the wall. Mm-hmm. In challenges like this where you're stuck in a position... That it is difficult to sustain. Mm-hmm. Having more muscles does not actually help you a whole lot. No, it's, but I, it's more mass and it's more that you have to keep up there. I'm just thinking like as an athlete. Sure. That is true. Having I do, that discipline and all that. I do remember in high school doing like plate workouts where you have to hold a, a weightlifting plate above your head. I'm like... <laughs> but yeah, he has a really interesting conversation with Teresa here about like, they want me gone. Mm-hmm. I have to win this. Yeah. And I wrote at the time, I was like, I don't think he's lying about that. I don't think he is either. And he wasn't. He was not. So at six hours, we have the conversation of, do you trust me? Clarence is asking Teresa to step down. Like, do you trust me? I promise it won't be you tonight. And I think they both feel their back up against the wall. If it's not them, it's the other one. Yeah, I don't really feel like Teresa's on the hot seat. I don't either. But... Yeah, so they come down to a game of rock, paper, scissors, <laughs> which is kind of fun, but also kind like, I get it, but this is already a challenge. Like, yeah. you have a way of deciding who wins this challenge, yeah. and it is stay up there longer than the other person. Yeah. <laughs> but no. And Clarence tries it a couple times, so it's not like, it's not like he did it once at the end as like a Hail Mary. He did it around the, like, I think four and a half hour mark, too, where he's like, rock, paper, scissors, and she's like, no. Uh-huh. And then he stays up there for even longer. Uh-huh. So he could have probably stayed even longer. <laughs> and this, instead they decide to go to rock, paper, scissors. Hey, tale as old as time. Let's, I guess. let's do that rock, paper, scissors. Figure it out. And <laughs> there, there was a moment where I was like, is Clarence just not going to step down? Uh-huh. Like, he, he, he hesitated. He did. He's like, mm. I wouldn't blame him if he if he pulled the uh Yeah, I wasn't really gonna step down. I would blame him. You can't you if you're gonna offer it and you're gonna agree to it, you you have to go through with it or you're dead in the water the next time sure. you don't win immunity. He was dead in the water this time too. True. But you have zero hope of winning the game at that point. That's like fair. even if you go on an immunity run, they're going to vote for the other person because you did something that was so... Like, that's, like, sure, people break their word all the time in Survivor, but that, if you're going to do something that stupid and then just say, nah, I'm just not going to, like, <laughs> yeah, you can't break your word that, obviously, that hard. That's fair. Okay. Anyway, Teresa wins the Rock, Paper, Scissors, wins the challenge, and then we go back to camp. After all of these food rewards, we then get a merge feast, which... Really does diminish the the temptations that were just offered, <laughs> and they know it's coming too, or at least they think it's coming. Yeah, the other few seasons had merge feasts, so I think that they are anticipating food. Yeah, really, it doesn't feel like anybody stepped down for the food. They stepped down because they were hung or they were tired and failing. Mm-hmm. And oh, and I get a little treat. Okay, yeah, yeah. And- and then we get to see Workbot Frank. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we are given the merge feast. Frank sees everyone working to get it out and ready and like start digging in. So Frank says, yeah, there's too many cooks in the kitchen. I'm going to go get firewood. And then goes and gets firewood for much longer than probably I expected him to. It was probably like a half hour to an hour. He's like judging people for having fun. Yeah. Like Frank, you... You have to, like, stop and smell the roses, my guy. <laughs> this is a moment of of brevity in a grueling game. Yeah. 
to the point that Kelly's like, Frank should maybe get on prescription drugs. Yeah. To, <laughs> like, it, I'm okay if he's a shy person, but like, you can get drugs for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks, Kelly. Kelly just like writing a prescription out there in Kenya. All right, well, go fill this at the local pharmacy. Yeah. I'm going to jump around a little bit. Mm -hmm. We also, around this time, see Frank and the elephant dance. Yes, that's right, yep. It's it's not at the same time, but Frank's out doing whatever, and he sees an elephant off in the distance. Two elephant sightings in one episode. That's kind of fun. And he just kind of, like, hangs out with the elephant, far enough away that he's not going to get trampled, but... Frank has more fun with the elephant than he does with the humans. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> That's what I mean when I say this is the right season for Frank. Yeah. He, he's swinging his, his bag. He's swinging his arm, trying to mimic the tail. He's, he could have stayed out there for days, mm -hmm. just hanging out with that elephant. It was cute. Yeah. I liked it. it was a very, the, those are the types of moments, I, the humanizing moments of Survivor I really yeah. love. Speaking of humanizing moments in Survivor, we have another Tom quote. <sighs> yep, we sure do. Holy shit. So Tom, Tom being a, a married man. Hmm. For now. For now. Talks about, hey, that Teresa's kind of cute. And then goes on to say, I don't care if she had one eye. I would still, I would still be fine with that lady. Like, mm -hmm. Tom. And says something along the lines of, I didn't write it down, but my wife knows I'm just a man or something like that. Yeah. Like implying that like, uh, if we, if, if we slept together, my wife would be fine with it. She knows that I can't control myself. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Tom. No, please Tom stop. <laughs> Somebody stop Tom. Somebody stop Tom. It's only getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> He's becoming stronger. <laughs> And then a cute, a cute little bonding moment. They always have these in the in the merge episode. They play "I never, never have I ever, never have I ever," yeah. which I've heard it called. They call it "I never," where you're just like, "Hey, you say a thing that you've never done, and then other people have to admit to it." Which again, painfully long time to explain how this game works to Frank. To Frank, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The only the real highlight from that is they they go around. Frank has to like. It comes up with one. They're yeah. Like, oh. Oh. I'm gonna. I'm gonna step in here. Go on. Yeah. No. There. He's like. Oh. So it's. It's something I've that I've never done. Right. And. And. Okay. And it's supposed to be. He's heard other people do yeah, it by now. Never have I ever. Raunchy. Never have I ever kissed another person of the same sex. Never have I ever stolen anything exactly. from the store. Exactly. risque. Never have I ever broken the honor of a handshake. Yep. What the fuck, Frank? Could you want to break the honor of a handshake right now? Sure. Okay. What? I respect you. Shit. <laughs> that was not where I thought that was going, but all right. Yeah. And then uh, the wildest and craziest one among them all, Teresa, had sex on an airplane. Good for Teresa. And Tom's penis grew three sizes <laughs> that day. <laughs> oh, boy. And then we named the tribe. They, they're coming up with a name. And this also very comical. Hey, let's take the word water and the word fire and merge them together into hot water so like i don't know that that's how that works but i see what you're going for mm -hmm. moto maji 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 moto maji moto they just like keep going back and forth like what what is it just just say what the actual answer is fun fact steven uh -huh. uh, this is the earliest known incarnation of the majima everywhere system from yakuza oh no yeah, we're gonna need an explanation about this, Jared. Oh, okay. Video game series called Yakuza. One of the characters' names is Majima, and he's like the mascot for crazy throughout the series. And so the fans made a thing of like putting Majima in places he doesn't belong with Photoshop and calling it the Majima Everywhere system. There you go. So this is 2001 before the games came out, and we already have a Majima Everywhere system. <laughs> and then we get Lex. Going, taking Clarence for a walk. This is so fucking weird. It is weird. And kind of condescending. But it's not taken that way, and it should have been. Yeah. It, Lex takes Clarence out, and he's like, hey, it's gonna be you. We're, we're all, like, we're all scared of how strong you are. 
we're voting you out. Which I will say, I, I believe them at this point. Yeah. In the first episode, I expected Clarence to be the first merge vote off, and he is. Mm-hmm. But I expect it to be because of the shit he pulled in episode one, and probably sprinkle in a little bit of racism, making it harder to, you know, reestablish yourself. Yeah. But that hasn't been the case at all. No. And Clarence has really redeemed himself uh, in the eyes of his tribe. Yeah. And it doesn't seem like this is... They're not like, oh, thank God we can get rid of Clarence finally. <laughs> like, there's like, okay, we have to get rid of Clarence because he's 26 feet tall and can bench press the entire tribe at once. Mm-hmm. And I forget who it is. I think it's Kelly that says, you know, I kind of like Clarence. Like, he's funny. He's... It was Kelly. And she said, I like the kid. And I'm like, aren't you like the same age? Yeah. Yeah. There's there's the condescending right there. Yep. But then, like, Clarence turns around and, like, you could have been mad. You could have scrambled and be like, no, I want to mess with this. But he kind of just, like, takes it on the chin. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I appreciate you for telling me, man. Like, it's it's that's cool. Like, this would never happen in a modern Survivor. No. Never. No. And I, I think that that does speak to how black and white this vote is Mm -hmm. that Lex, even though it's a fucking weird thing to do, can go to him and be like, listen, man, you're going to win every challenge if we don't vote you off. And Clarence is like, yeah, you're probably right. (laughs) (laughs) I too would be afraid of me. (laughs) I'm that good. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we go on a tribal and we do get a little, they try to obfuscate the vote a little bit by Kelly being like, Maybe it's time for Lex to go. Yeah. Which doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And Tom says he wants Brandon out. Oh, sure. Possibly for the... Uh, what could make Tom want Brandon to yeah, go home? I was going to say, possibly for the homophobia. Might be a little bit of it. It also it also could be... Remember, Tom was on the same tribe as him, as sure. Brandon, for a little while. And they did have that laziness factor. Yeah. It could be both things at once. Yeah. But, yeah, Lex is, I think, one of the first examples we have of somebody getting a leadership penalty. Like, nothing happens to him this episode, but he's getting a little too far in the spotlight. And Kelly's like, maybe we gotta take that guy out at the knees before he just wins this thing. Yeah. So, do you have anything to pull out from Tribal? I don't. No, not really. Like I said, it's a a pretty cut and dry vote. Teresa keeps her word and votes for someone else. Votes for Lex. Oh, yeah, votes for Lex. That's right. That's important. Yes, it is, because yes. he's going to lose his mind next episode <laughs> from the preview. So Clarence puts his vote on Lex, and I think that's, I mean, that's a good move. Like, hey, you told me you were voting for me, and you're getting me out. No. What? Look, I thought Lex only gets one vote. Lex gets two votes. Oh, okay. Correct. Okay. That's why he, he thinks it's Clarence and one other person, because it is Clarence and one other person. Correct. Yes, so Clarence puts the vote on, on Lex it, as like a respect thing, but yeah. also like, you know what, you're going to vote me out, I'm going to put a vote on you, make it tougher for you. Yeah. And he says, oh, that's right. I, w- I want to make it tougher for you on your way to winning. Yeah. If Lex is at the end, I think Clarence votes for him. Oh. Like as the winner. Oh, wait, Clarence doesn't get to be on the jury, never mind. Correct. Yes. Yeah. There is th- I forgot that the first merge vote is not a jury member. Which is not the case anymore. Yeah. Be- because of how many people are voted in the in the final. Yeah. So Teresa also, honor to her word, mm-hmm. puts a vote not on Clarence, but on Lex. I don't know if they talked about that, but that was uh, interesting that they both went to Lex. Yeah. I think I think Lex is getting a little too he's in the winner seat too early mm-hmm. so then we we see a little bit of preview of the next episode and lex is losing his mind about that second vote so that'll be fun to talk about yeah anything else for this episode i don't think so any wrap up no this oh. is this is a good episode it's been a little bit since i watched it and i'm glad that i remembered it as well as i did <laughs> and i'm really glad to be doing this again and because uh, this is like the longest we've gone between sessions since what August? Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this again sometime. But first, how do you think Clarence does in a modern survivor? I think Clarence's size and strength are will always be an issue. Okay. Even 
modern Survivor right now, where the challenges, I, I, it blows my mind that people still worry about challenge beasts yeah. in the 40s, because the challenges are not strength-based alone or endurance-based alone anymore. Mm-hmm. There are plenty of challenges that a challenge beast, quote-unquote, can lose. But for some reason, there's still that impression. So I think chal- I think Clarence always makes the merge. Okay. You cannot vote out Clarence before the merge, where team-based challenges are usually more physical. And then post-merge, he would need somebody very smart uh, that needs a good shield. Because Clarence, one person cannot protect themselves, mm-hmm. and Clarence will always be a target post-merge. <laughs> so I think, I think in, a, in a modern Survivor, he goes a little farther, mm-hmm. especially because he does seem quite charismatic and quite likable. Yeah. But I think that he, it would, the stars have to align for him to make a final five. So somewhere between like the merge vote and final five. Okay. I, I do think he has a better shot in a, a more modern season. Cause yeah. you're right. The being a big, strong guy does not necessarily make you as big of a threat in the post merge. It doesn't mean you're going to win. Yeah. But it uh, it, you're not a an easy vote out anymore. <sighs> Who is your protagonist of the episode? My protagonist of the episode is probably Lex. It's more focused on the because this episode feels like a foregone conclusion once the once the immunity challenge is over. Mm-hmm. So we start setting the groundwork for future episodes and future blow ups with Kelly's asides. And with Lex naming the tribe and getting out in front and talking to Clarence. Lex does the most this episode between him and Kelly, but I think him and Kelly are on a collision course. And I'm excited for that. Yay! This will be fun. So we don't see Clarence ever again. Clarence That's does not sad. come back. I would have liked him to come back. I too. I, th- I think he would have been fun to come back. And you know what? What? Clarence is now off the show and not on the jury, which means... The chances of Tom dropping the N-word just went significantly down. You are correct. (laughs) Unfortunately, you are correct. Oh, no. What a sad, sad way to think about it. But you're right. I mean, we started started the season at, like, 75% chance. Like, I was over 50% chance that that Tom was going to do it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then as the season went on, it got lower and lower and lower as they kind of became like a buddy cop adventure. Yeah. And now it's practically zero. Never zero with Tom, <laughs> but practically zero. Now it's just the sexist comments. Yes. And, and I mean, the chances of a homophobic slur have oh, gone way up. Way, way up. To, to, the, <laughs> to the roof here. We di- I didn't find much about Clarence out there. There's some, some interesting articles about just him going about his daily life, wanting his opinion on things. He's from Michigan. He's from Detroit. Okay. So I have an interview here where they talk to Clarence about Detroit sports. I think he's a big sports guy. But it also mentions that, oh yeah, he was an army officer. Oh. We didn't, I don't know if it said that. Maybe it was after this, because he's only 23 in this season. Really? Yeah. And he's a high school basketball coach. Yeah. Which means he's probably been doing that. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's he was. He could have been doing that any time between eighteen and twenty-three. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure terms of service for the army are usually four years. So it would be a really hard press to have, unless he joined right at eighteen, mm-hmm. four-year service. And it makes sense with the timing of nine eleven. Mm-hmm. That it would be after he was on Survivor. Sure. Could be. It also, I think the if you get them to like cover school i think it is two years you have to oh you're, okay. you have to do two years and then you can do whatever you want like you can t- continue on or you can leave i don't know I, I that's not something i looked into from when i was an admissions officer i think it was two, i would say two okay or at least that's what i have in my brain it feels like the kind of thing they would have brought up yeah if it had been it does before survivor because it's interesting that if it was after then that throws away this opinion entirely but him versus the Frank, they're very different people. They are very different people. And that would be, it would be a good thing to highlight in that, hey, these are two people from very similar backgrounds. Well, I shouldn't say similar backgrounds. Well, they they have a shared similar history. Similar career, yeah. yeah. And, well, we don't even get confirmation that Frank is or not. Like, we get a throwaway line in episode one, but mm-hmm. they haven't talked about it since then. So, I, 
maybe they were just trying to bury that, that would feel odd with the time and place this season takes place in. Yeah. Weird. So if you want to go and, and check this out, it's the, the Jack Vita show, which is on YouTube. I guess you can just, I think it's just a podcast. It, it has, it talks to him about his love for America, his Christian faith, his time on Survivor, and his casting story. So, hmm. interesting there. I think that's fun. It's fascinating how little there has been on the people that have left this show so far, except for the sex crimes, as compared to season two. And, he, and season one. I mean, season one I expected, mm-hmm. because that's the grandfather season. But it's weird. Like, I, I've talked about how this cast is not as good as season two's cast. Mm-hmm. That really seems to be shown in how little, like, where are they now? Like, how little follow-up? So far, no one's returned. Correct. I, some, I'm assuming at least, well, at least one of them will, for sure, because yep. of All-Stars. Yep. But, wild. We haven't really seen anyone grow this season except for Clarence it feels like it's everyone is pretty static from where they were in the first like two episodes mm-hmm. to where they are now yeah or maybe grow is not the right word take a take a a, a journey because I feel like we're gonna see some people who started off as like the heroes or the the more likable people who are going to maybe not be as likable when they're back against the wall yeah um, I I would Frank's kind of up and down with that. He was kind of unlikable, and then he became a little more likable. That's fair. Yeah, Clarence and Frank are the only two so far that I feel like we've gone on a a journey with and learned a lot about and have grown in our eyes. But but you're right. We're going to see far less people from this season going on and doing later seasons of Survivor than in season two. Yeah. And... Since we're at the merge, uh-huh. I need to update my prediction on oh, who yes. I think will win. Thank you. My predictions for episode one were Silas or Ethan. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I do feel like Ethan's still the winner. Okay. He, what, what, what makes you say that? So far, he's playing a perfect game. Ooh. He hasn't gotten any votes. He okay. has been leading his tribe, but he's not taking the leadership penalty that Lex is. Okay. Everyone seems to like him. And they're burying him the last few episodes like Mm -hmm. he got a lot of exposure early and they have just buried him which makes me think that he's the winner that's fair okay uh and i think that he will fill like i think lex goes home within a couple episodes if the preview of this episode is anything to go by and that ethan will fill that leadership void okay do you have a backup pick i should have one i'm gonna put you on the spot who's your backup pick yeah, I mean, I don't think Brandon or Young Kim have have a path to victory. Young Kim, <laughs> da, 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 da. I, I said Young Kim. Kim. I I don't think either of them have a path to victory. I just I don't see like on a jury vote. Like I don't see them crossing tribal lines unless they were both there. And mm-hmm. I don't know how the hell they would both get there. So it has to be someone from original Bran. And I think my backup pick then is Kelly. Okay. All right then. Let us bumper. Bumper? I hardly know her. Hugga. Hugga. Thanks, Tom. Oh, no. (laughs) Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. I'm I'm in a good Survivor mood. Like I said, I wasn't feeling well, so I got to watch a lot of Survivor. And I watched the the finale of 43. So I just watched that yesterday. It was, it was a good season of Survivor. I That's enjoyed good. it. I have only seen the first two episodes. Still. Okay, it it takes you it takes you on a journey. It just shows you how much it, the games evolved. Mm. In that, I wouldn't have picked this winner out of a lineup. Okay, you wouldn't have guessed. I wouldn't have guessed. It's it's a fun winner, and wouldn't have guessed in a good way. Not wouldn't have guessed in a bad way. For better or worse. Okay, I think that. The qualities that make a Survivor contestant and really what gets them to that final spot of the the top of the hill is is so different from what it used to be. Interesting. And I, I just, I love it. Yeah, I think my biggest takeaway from where we are right now mm-hmm. in, in season three is just how static the show is. Okay. Like once, and I, this is why I love the tribe swap. Because it did mix up those lines. I don't think it will have long-term ramifications for anyone but maybe Frank. Mm-hmm. 
and Teresa. But even then, I don't, I don't see a jury voting for Frank or Teresa. Fair. Maybe Teresa. Maybe. Hmm. But it's still, it's still very static. It's which tribe has the lead going to the merge, who from that group can hold together a stronger alliance, and then walk to victory. You don't think that the mixing up the teams a little bit, getting them more interconnected earlier, you don't think that, that shifts any of that power balance? I, I hope it will in the future. I think, I think it did. I don't think it changes the overall outcome yet, but I think it can in the future. Okay. All right. Anything you would like to promote? Yeah, I'd like to promote just having a relaxing time over the holidays. Families can be stressful. Also remember that you don't have to, like everyone has a different relationship with their families, but don't let your family guilt you into doing things you don't want to do, even if that means just showing up. Hmm. Hmm. Like, hmm. Don't show up if you don't want to, and you can obviously, your results may vary, <laughs> but yeah, boundaries with your family. Yeah. And I, like I said, we're, we're into the holiday season. I don't know, just looking at our, our time here, we may not get a second episode for this week and that's okay. We'll just hang out with us. Send us, I am going to promote, send us any funny takes. If you want to talk to me about season 43 and what you thought about that, I am all for that. Send me that on email, Reddit, Twitter, whatever you want to do, send it to me. I want it. That's that's your homework. Send me send me those thoughts. If you haven't seen it, that's fine. Go watch it. It. I truly enjoyed my time with this season, and one of my picks was devastatingly close to winning. So I think I know who you're talking about. Then. That oh, makes really? Very sad. Oh no. I, I I saw a small spoiler for who's like in the final. Just like who's in the final episode. So it okay. That far, and he's a fan favorite that I really like, and I was hoping one. But that makes me think that's what you're talking about, and that makes me sad. Well then. Fuck me, I guess. I'm sorry, I told you that. Oh, that's okay. Okay, well, for my co-host, Jared, this is Steven. For my host, Steven, this is Jared. Until next time, bye-bye! Bye. Mamma mia. That's a spicy meatball. <laughs>